found some wood and started a fire and danced even though there wasn't any music. I went to meetings, I wrote the letters, and pretty soon I wasn't alone. We get out of the truck, we hiked through this field with our surfboards. I'm like, there's no way there's going to be waves here. At Patagonia, we are climbers and skiers. We are surfers and anglers. We're activists and dreamers. Stories of the fabric of our shared culture, and we're proud to sponsor the Dirtbag Diaries. Visit us at Patagonia.com. I know, I know, it's been a while, you're wondering where the Dirtbag Diaries are, but I've got an excuse, a really good one, and it goes a little something like this. For the month of November, I was up in Canada, I'm in this hotel room, I'm taking a shower, but I'm late for a meeting, I'm in a hurry, and I'm sitting there washing my hair, and I, I slip, and I catch myself, and it's like... Have you ever slipped on ice and you, and you manage to stop yourself, but you overcorrect, and for a moment it feels like you're not going to fall, but then all of a sudden you just go down twice as hard as you would have if you just sort of let yourself fall? So I eject out of the tub. I grab the shower curtain. I rip the shower curtain off its hook. I'm wrapped inside of it, and I put my hand out. And then that's when I realize that I've been an ill-trained husband and left the toilet seat up. Yeah. Swirling around and bullseye. My hand plunges into the toilet. It goes down the throat, which I've learned is actually a proper term for the hole at the bottom of the toilet. And so my hand slides neatly down into this hole. My middle finger, however, does not. I'm on the bathroom floor. I'm laughing. I'm swearing. I'm almost crying. I've got my elbow in the toilet. And when I pull my hand out, the middle finger, it's bent straight back. Instinctively, I mean, it's just the first thing I thought to do. I straightened it. Lying there, dripping wet, half covered in the shower curtain, I've got pain spilling up my arm, my head on the hotel bathroom floor. I look over, and I see, sitting there, neatly folded on the floor, the rubber bath mat. And I sit there and I think to myself, shit, that's what those things are for. And all the things that direct you. I'm not sure what the lesson of this story is. Maybe it's put the toilet seat down, don't shower while in Canada. Personally, I'm going to go with don't be a putz. Anyway, one broken, dislocated, sprained hand later. I'm out of the cast, I'm typing away. My ego, though, it hasn't yet healed. I'm Fitzco Hall, and I couldn't make this stuff up if I tried. Thanks for bearing with me. Welcome to the Dirtbag Diaries. It's a dog koozie. I twitch nervously as we wait in line. Soft-shell jacket for a dog. I thought that's what fur was. <laughs> my wife and my little brother, they want a Christmas tree. So, like all activities related to the holidays, it requires a trip to the mall. Why not celebrate the holidays by hiking into the foothills of the Cascades, claiming a little bit of the land to bring back to our Seattle apartment? Bizarre, cult-like rituals we use to draw snow from winter clouds. They haven't been working. There's no snow. With a busted hand, climbing or riding a bike is out. Give me the saw. I'm in. Hi. 
Ten bucks. It gets you a forest service permit. Good for one tree under twelve feet tall. And regulations and rules. Okay. Okay. Where do we put the tag on us? Or yeah, you just stick it on the tree. Oh, okay. Okay. And that we way negotiate away from the crowded mall parking lot and drive east on Highway Two. Pavement gives way to the potholed forest road sixty twenty eight, winding upward until it dead ends in an empty trailhead parking lot. The two thousand foot face of Mount Bering hangs above us in the afternoon gloom. On its highest reaches, ice forms like thin tendrils of icing on the eaves of a very ominous gingerbread house. Um, the cedars might be a little bit spindly. The Douglas firs should be good, although due to the density of trees, they're very tall. So you're thinking of getting about a 30-foot tall Christmas tree? Exactly. <laughs> or a six-foot-tall one that has one branch on it, which you might be able to put a ornament on. It's been five, maybe six years since we've had a Christmas tree. In recent holiday seasons, it's just struck me as one more thing to buy. Just another item in the holiday fabric we drape liberally over consumption. Now armed with a small handsaw, I follow Becca, an ecologist by training, deeper into the forest. It's looking grim. In the sun-starved northwest forest, 12 feet, I know it sounds big, but 12 feet isn't a whole lot of Christmas tree. The trees are built like gangly teenagers, all limbs, no grace. The carefully manicured trees that populate mall parking lots don't really exist out here. Winter dusk gathers in the mountain valley. Gray settles like a thick, soggy blanket. Then we see our tree, standing proud and regal in a small clearing by a slow-moving stream. Upon the Christmas is coming soon. So I was going to cut it this way, so it falls that way. And so is cut it, is it really that big that we need to worry about that? <laughs> no. I think you need to do a wedge. Okay. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. Da, 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 da. When we were younger, my brother and I we would spread our sleeping bags across the living room floor and stare up into the boughs and the dappled patterns the colored lights cast on the white ceiling. It was almost like looking up into the freckled night sky. Ready? Timber! Timber! Cool. We got a Christmas tree. Supposedly, it was the same feature of the Christmas tree, light filtering through boughs that inspired German monk and father of Protestantism, Martin Luther, to stop, marvel, and then hack down a Christmas tree to bring home decorated to his family. So how far do you think we have to go to the car? Mile. Three quarters of a mile. That may be legend. But what historians do know for sure is that the modern tradition of the Christmas tree, the association with Christmas versus the winter solstice, began sometimes in the 1500s in northern Germany. Often decorated with candle, cheese, apples, fruits, over the course of the century, the tradition spread throughout Europe. It crossed the Atlantic in the early 1800s to small towns in Pennsylvania. Candles flickered with drafts creeping beneath door jams, each wobbling flame a star 
a speck of hope in a vast darkness, reflecting in large, round eyes of children, both old and young. It's evolved into a big business here. According to the National Christmas Tree Foundation, in 2007, Americans spent $2.5 billion, that's right, billion dollars on Christmas trees. That's a small bailout. When you try and distance yourself from it, to see it through the eyes of a different culture, say, the Christmas tree phenomenon, it must seem pretty strange. The average cost for a real tree is something about $40, but it's not unheard of for people to spend a couple hundred bucks on a dying tree, which they then go and place inside their home. They will decorate it with tiny objects, often representative of real-world objects. They will gather around it, celebrate, toast to health and fortune, as the tree withers, sheds its needles, and slowly dies. Right, uh, so, so what does it need to be? Uh, it needs to be, uh, our ceilings are eight feet, so we're gonna make the tree seven and a half feet. Okay. We were at... No, shh. Don't tell them what we were at. 11.99 inches. <laughs> Believe it or not, we actually own a tree stand. It just never come out of the box. When Becca and I got married, my cousin, Billy, he hauled a 20-pound wrapped box across the country through security checkpoints on his carry-on luggage to place it on the sparse gifts table at our wedding. He knew we lived out of the back of our trucks and that we would be forced to drag this tree stand like an anchor through our lives. It was his comedic way of welcoming me to the brotherhood of husbands. The time had come to see how big or skinny a tree it could handle. So this is the main cut and then trunk right here. Cutting. Hold on, little Christmas tree. Hold on. Surgery. It'll be okay. We dig through fall fly fishing gear for spare backing line and begin stringing together cranberries and, and buttered popcorn. Becca digs out the eight ornaments we own. Walker strings the lights haphazardly. With a few wayward popcorn strands draped over the sagging branches, a tree, it looks like it's been sneezed on. Becca pulls construction paper from the brooding depths of our hall closet. So I'm returning to childhood and making cut-out snowflakes because we have a lot of space to fill on our tree. Shaking off rain-kissed jackets, Friends appear out of the night, each adding to the growing strand of popcorn and cranberries. A dozen people crowd our apartment. Condensation grows thick on the dark windows. For my friends, for the 20 and 30-somethings gathered here, it's been a dark winter, colored by gloomy economic headlines and even grimmer personal realities. Layoff, lingering unemployment, opportunities put on hold. Tonight, though, tonight you wouldn't know it. Voices mingle with music. Our friends sprinkle sparkles over glue-soaked paper. Red and blue light reflects off a cheap beer can called in for ornament duty. Approvingly, the angel from her lofty summit surveys our cluttered living room. All kinds of people. 
The gangly dug fur has become a Christmas tree, radiating warmth and holiday cheer, lit with hopes for the winter's darkest moments. In the night that rolls across our lives, in these short December days, we now have something to gather around. Music today, plus minus Blitz and Trapper, Mahalia Jackson, and School of the Seven Bells, whose album, Alpinisms, I've been digging. You can find more information about the artists and stream some of the cuts on our site, dirtbagdiaries.com. I think, though, that may be the last time I ever allow holiday music on the show. Please forgive me. Please. The mall made me do it. In the coming year, I'm going to need story ideas. Whether it's in the form of the shorts or extended episodes, a lot of the stories you hear on the show come from listeners like you. Please email us at dirtbagdiaries at earthlink.net. And if for some reason I don't respond, it's because I've broken my hand again. Wanderlust. Is it nature or nurture? Find out next time. I've got a special guest. Also, I've got a touch of sad news. On the day that Brennan Lennon's short, Friendship is a Used Bicycle, released, his beloved red trek, which he wrote about, snapped. With his friends, Lennon sent his bike off into the place where the road is open and the wind always blows from behind. I'm very pleased to announce that Patagonia has renewed their support of the diaries. Patagonia does more than just create stellar products for the active outdoor lifestyle. They help maintain and sustain a culture of activists, athletes, and dreamers. Go check out what causes and the people they support online at www.patagonia.com. Happy holidays. I'm Fitzka Hall, and you've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. Bag Diaries.